Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Adam. How you doing? Doing well. We are here for not just a regular Marines podcast. We're here for the Purple Pride Podcast, where we talk all things Vikings football. If you missed it, go back and check out our sportscast and our screencast from earlier in the week. They were both fantastic. So go check those out. Um, also, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at NordEastPodcast. Also, subscribe on anywhere that you get your favorite hey, podcast. you don't from. have to do that with me. You can just say the whole long spiel. I enjoy hearing that as a listener. <laughs> I'm not going to bash you for it. <laughs> podcast app, Spotify. I can't even remember them all now, but they're on it. We're pretty much everywhere. So go find it where you get your podcast from and give us that five-star rating, please. All right, here we go. Um, what are we drinking? What are you drinking? I'm dr- I'm, currently, I'm sipping on some Jack Daniels with some old-fashioned Coca-Cola. You know I'm keeping it vintage. You know what that is? That's a football guy move. That's a football guy move for a football podcast. I'm I'm drinking uh, Keep the Change, You Filthy Animal, which is a uh, double India pale ale from Lupulin. So. That sounds heavy. Is it heavy? It's, it's a deliciously large beer. I love it. <laughs> 8%. It's freaking great. Lupulin always makes good stuff. All right. So... Here we go, guys. We are going to dive into uh, the Vikings' um, big win last week in overtime over the Jacksonville Jaguars, the dreaded Jacksonville Jaguars, who just so happened to have been on a 10-game losing streak. Yes. Um, so, yeah, um, Jaguars come into town, a must-win game for the Vikings. Um, at this point before the game started, it was crucial for us to get that win. We were also cheering for an Arizona loss. Would you say that this was a must-win game for the Vikings and a must-lose game for the Jaguars? Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, Jaguars get the ball first. Uh, Glennon at quarterback. By the way, a little bit of controversy there. Uh, Mike Glennon gets the start over Gardner Minshew, who is back healthy after missing the past four games. So you think that's just they don't one? They think that Minshew is just feisty enough that he can like maybe win a game, right. and two, they just don't want. The fans to be like, well, Minshew won two games in a row right. at the end of the year. They yes. just want to get him out of there. Yep. I don't think they dislike him. I just think that they know that he's not a franchise quarterback. Right. Um, so, yeah, Jaguars and Mike Glennon get the ball first. They drive down the field with a rather unusual touchdown to Chenault. A 28-yard pass that should have been picked off by Chris Boyd, who currently has a zero awareness rating on Madden. Uh, yeah, Chris Boyd continues to not make plays. Jaguars strike early. My problem with Chris Boyd is more so his special teams play even. Like, he's just suitable out there at corner. He does fine. But on special teams, the guy has a penalty every game. Yeah. I think it's like four games in a row he has a penalty. <clears throat> um, Chase McLaughlin comes in and misses the extra point. Uh, Vikings get the ball back. Don't do much. Uh, Chase McLaughlin kicks the 22-yard field goal to make it 9 nothing. Jacksonville after one. How are you feeling after the first quarter? After the first quarter, I was feeling frustrated. It was the kind of game where I still totally felt that the Vikings would win the game, but I was just frustrated that they came out so flat again in a game that they needed in a game against a team that was so inferior to them. Because, guys, like we say every week, the Vikings will play to their competition no matter who we're playing. I think so we can Vikings, go beat we can go beat the Packers in Lambeau, but we can also lose to a team that's lost ten consecutive games at home. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I just think that the Vikings are there. You know, it feels good when you play good teams, but it really sucks when you play the bad teams. Yeah. Also, guys, side note on this game, um, 
kind of a fluky situation pregame, losing Eric Kendricks. I know that threw kind of a wrinkle in the defense a bit. Um, Kendricks out with a calf injury. Um, yeah, we'll tap into how he's doing a little bit later, but no Kendricks right before the game. Uh, he is also the guy that calls the plays on the field, so that complicated some things even a little bit more. Probably went to Will um, Wilson. Yeah, so at the end of the day, though, these guys are professionals, and, you know, that's not an excuse to be down 9-zip after the first quarter to a team that's lost 10 consecutive games. I think that people don't know this about football. I think everyone thinks that, like, a play is what you would see drawn out on Madden or something like that, but in reality, um, calling plays in football is really just speaking a language. It's just knowing a language, and every guy needs to know their part of it. And so the coach might rattle off a long call, but literally he's just telling different position groups what to do. And right. so I think that um, at this point of the year, these guys, the calls are really simple for them. The defenses may be complicated and complex, but that's coming on the coaching end more than it's coming on the individual player end. Right. Um, yeah, so a stalling, a second quarter um, leads to an Adam Thielen three-yard touchdown. Boy, has this guy been lethal all season in the red zone. He's probably the best red zone threat right now in the NFL. Uh, makes me feel like Thielen, um, you know, he's getting up there in age. Right? He's 30 years old now, I think. Um, has had some injuries. I was starting to worry that maybe Thielen's days as a top receiver were numbered. But he looks just crafty enough, and he's, like, smart enough uh, and a good enough route runner that I think there might be a nice long career in like that Larry Fitzgerald role. Yeah, I and, like that. And don't tell I'm not I'm not telling you that Adam Thielen is Larry Fitzgerald. Like he's not in the same uh you know, he's not in the same galaxy as Larry Fitz as a player, but um there might be a long career for him as kind of like a a veteran slot receiver. Yeah, I hear who that. Who just can like get open. So I believe now too he either leads or is tied for the lead in touchdowns on the season too. I think he's down now after last week. I mean, I would say the two best red zone combos in football right now is Kirk and Thielen or Devontae and Rodgers, who, you know, consistently seem to be keeping up at the same rate of scoring those red zone touchdowns. Packers get the ball in the three-yard line. You can pretty much count on a Devontae Adams touchdown. Well, as because they, that's because they force it because they're just trying to pad Rodgers. Yeah, that is stats. true. That is very true. So Dan Bailey misses the extra point on this Adam Thielen three-yard touchdown pass from Cousins. It makes it 9-6 to six going into the half. What are your halftime thoughts? Um, what a terrible half of football. Uh, the Jaguars reminded me a lot of the Cowboys. Uh, from a few weeks ago, where they were, like, yelling and they were, like, so fired up on the field. And, you know, that sucks when your team isn't matching that intensity. And so it was just, like, it just felt like the Jags were outplaying us. They were out-hustling us. They were out-hitting us, uh, even though they were the much worse team. Dude, some of our sketchiest matchup has, has been at home, where we seem to be kind of lacking that killer instinct. I mean, basically, guys, every game here on out for the Vikings is a playoff game. It started with Jacksonville last week, right? Our quest to get back to 6-6. Six and six. Arizona lost. The Vikings are in the playoffs currently. This was a fucking huge game for us, and it just felt like, again, the opportunity is in front of their face, and they come out flat. I think if we are 10-6, and six, which would mean we win out, we win the final four games, final five overall, or, yeah, final five overall, I would, have, I would say that I think that we are for sure in the playoffs at 10-6. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, I think that it's 50-50 if we're in the playoffs at 9-7. and seven. Yeah. So that means we could lose one more game and have a 50-50 chance of going to the playoffs, in my opinion. 
I mean, we've, we've benefited from that NFC West conference kind of beating up on each other. Arizona's really in our rearview mirror right now, obviously. Um, the Bears, I'm not going to consider them too much of a threat. They are on the cusp right there. Um, yeah, so basically we just have to beat up the Cardinals at this point. Um, yeah, one of the knocks against the Vikings, um, Delvin Cook coming into this game, he has to be beat up, right? He doesn't look the same. His body language is off. Um, we'll kind of dive into that to start the third quarter. I'm seeing flashbacks from last week. It's Kirk Cousins dropping back in the pocket. This is either first or second down. I don't fucking remember. Kirk Cousins drops back, tries to throw a little dump screen-ish type play to Cook. Um, Delvin not even looking for the ball. Joe Schubert picks it off, takes it 43 yards as easy as can be to the house. Two straight weeks with a fucking defensive touchdown. Three, three, three in total in the past two weeks. And on the play, Delvin is totally disinterested. Just walks to the fucking sideline after the pick. So I don't know. Del- something's going on with Delvin. He did have 38 touches though. Yeah. Um. So I mean, he is he's out there grinding, and his stats ended up good, but maybe more so just because he had 38 touches. Right. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, not good. You can't. You can't turn the ball over, and we'll get more into this matchup this week, but uh, that will be the kiss of death for us this week if we do that. So, yeah, maybe the one mental mistake there on Cousins, um, maybe some of that's on Delvin, but all in all, you just can't fucking throw that ball over the middle of the field when your running back is not even looking. No. So Vikings find themselves in a hole down 16-6. to Cousins gets the ball back and delivers to your boy, C.J. Ham. 11 yards in the flat. C.J. Ham rumbles his way to the end zone. It's a touchdown for the Vikings. Dan Bailey on this kick is good. It's 16-13 Jaguars. At this point, I was like frustrated and annoyed, but I also still fully expected us to win this game. Yeah. So Jaguars, um, obviously pretty limited on offense. Um, Cousins starting to find his rhythm back with Justin Jefferson. It took Jefferson until halftime to really get started. Vikings get the ball back and find themselves in the end zone again. It's Justin Jefferson on a 20-yard route from Kirk Cousins. Again, Dan Bailey misses the kick. This will come back to haunt the Vikings. Vikings are up 19-16. What did you like about that touchdown on that route? This is the one where it's like the big long move where he comes across the middle. Yeah, Cousins rolls out left, kind of takes two shuffle steps back right. I knew when Cousins, it left his hand that something good was going to happen because he he threw it so pedestrian. Yeah. He put so much touch on that ball. I'm like, someone's got to be fucking wide open on this one. Uh, Here's what I would say. Um, The Vikings have blessed us as fans with having some of the most exciting players of the past 30 years. Uh, you have Chris Carter, who's a Hall of Fame receiver. You have Robert Smith, who is a really good running back. You have Randy Moss, who is one of the great players in NFL history. Uh, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, one of the great running backs of all time. You have Percy Harvin, who was a Rookie of the Year guy, who if it wasn't for some mental health issues, probably would have been an even greater player. Um, Phelan, Diggs, Cook... Now Jefferson. I mean, it's just they're constantly stocking. And, like, I don't think people realize that every team in the league is not like this. Every team doesn't have tons and tons and tons of amazing guys. Watching Jefferson feels like we're watching something really special. Yeah. Um, 
Dude, he's so fucking cocky too. He's so confident. He's so cocky. If you guys follow him on social media, you see that he reposts everything that's ever said about him. <laughs> all the accolades. He came out last week and was talking about how he's just a rookie, but he's playing like a veteran. Dude, that swagger though is what you fucking need. He's he's like he he has the digs confidence without the prima donna so far. Oh, I he just could, yeah. dude, we might be in for some fucking trouble down the road, but yeah. so far so good. I think Jefferson though, it's like he just is open all day long. He is doing <clears throat> everything right. He high points the ball. He wins contested catches. He is good short. He is good in, at picking up first downs. He wins the tough yardage. He is a great deep threat. He just does it all at this point. I mean, this guy is not just in the conversation for um, rookie of the year. Right. He's in the conversation for being like an all pro. Yeah. Everyone's like, well, he's the best rookie, and you know, you get those C, you know, CD Lamb, blah 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 blah. Dude, he's in the conversation for the best receiver in the NFL this season. Yeah. By I th- far. I think that like he's gonna have a hard time when Adams and Hill are doing what they're doing, but I think he's like right behind those guys. Yeah. He he's is. been that good. Um, yeah, so more Jefferson. It's just it's we're watching something really special. Right. And here's here's what's crazy. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher who the guys are, um, but the last five four guys. So say Jefferson is to win the rookie of the year, which we'll talk a little bit about right. more in the future. The Vikings would have if he wins it. The Vikings would have had five or three of the last five receivers to win the rookie of the year. Damn. Randy Moss. I believe Anquan Bolden was the next mm. one. Then Percy Harvin. Yep. Then. Uh, Odell Beckham. Yep. And then it would be Jefferson. Wow. Amazing. Good fucking company, guys. Um, Alright, Vikings up 19-16. Um, Jaguars find themselves deep in their own territory. Hey, it feels nice to be on the opposite end of this one for once. Odenabo with the safety. Finally, it goes... Uh, mm-hmm. It's not against the Vikings. Vikings take the lead now, 21-16. Um, flash forward, guys. Kind of an empty fourth quarter. Vikings still have that five-point lead. Dan Bailey kicks a clutch 48-yard field goal to go up eight points. Dan Bailey didn't do a lot of clutch things in this game, but that was a nice kick. That was a nice kick. So, 350 left on the clock. And you know what they say. Too much time for fucking Mike Glennon. Too much time for Mike Glennon. Too much time for Mike Glennon. How many times have you heard that? Too many times. I think this is our first. (laughs) Mike Glennon drives them all the way down the field. It ends up in the hands of James Robinson, who's a great-looking rookie back, by the way. Let's give him an accolade. Undrafted. Undrafted rookie back. That guy's a fucking workhorse. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Frank Gore. Um, Nothing too flashy. He can put his shoulder down, get you the extra yards. He's he's a patient running back. He hits holes nice and hard. Great fucking find for Jacksonville. Undrafted rookie James Robinson. He reminds me of of um, uh, Richard Mendenhall. Yep. Like just yeah, like, I like that comparison. Like, like he's just like he's not flashy, but he's like got kind of <clears throat> good size and just bores you to death with like five and a half yard runs. So here we go. It's twenty four twenty two. The Jaguars still need the two-point conversion. That's when Glennon finds Colin Johnson all by himself on the two-point conversion. It's 24-24. I believe, now quote me if I'm wrong on this, how the fuck did the Jaguars end with the ball back here? The Vikings end up going pretty much three and out, right? Uh Uh-huh. The Jaguars have a chance to win it in overtime. Uh Uh-huh. Or at the end of regulation, he misses the field goal. Yeah, again. Um, it was an absolute 
you know, it was like 60-plus yard field right. goal. It wasn't going to happen. But um, And the Vikings are shook at this point. We could have had someone back to maybe even try and return this. I still, this at this kick. point, wasn't worried. Yeah. I was, like, annoyed still. This whole game, I was just like, Ugh, we're going to win this game, but it just doesn't feel like a win. It's kind of what I felt the whole way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I knew we were going to get into overtime and it was going to be okay. But we get the ball in overtime and we lose, we go three and out. Yep. We punt the ball. And, and we're deep in our own territory. And this is where, uh, what's his, what's our punt? So it's like, it's like third and fucking 20 at this point. Yeah. Um, Cloak, Dustin. Cloquet. Yeah, Cloquet. Um, with a fucking booming punt plus a penalty on the play. Huge, huge play um, there. Puts the Jags all the way back at their 20, which basically ended up saving our ass. I, I found myself thinking, like, Colquitt's going to absolutely bury this thing, and he did. So that felt good. Um, they they don't they throw a pick right away to Harry, right? Yep. Uh, beautiful pick by Harry. It just seems like that guy has missed and he, and he, so many. And he missed his receiver, too. Yeah. I want to say that it was... Um, Chark. Chark, yep. He misses yep. Chark over the middle of the field mm-hmm. all by himself. Harry comes up fucking clutch, of course. He always does. I mean, Harry is is a Hall of Famer. Yep. He so Vikings so get the good. ball around like the forty eight yarder, the forty eight yard line. Delvin kind of takes over here in overtime. Um, Vikings end up driving the ball all the way down the field. At one point, we end up actually on the one yard line with a maybe touchdown. With a maybe touchdown, brings the ball back to the six yard line. The Vikings clearly didn't trust Dan Bailey in the situation. <laughs> They were. They already missed three field goals. Yeah, so. they were hell bent on just scoring a touchdown here. I like that strategy, by the way. Though. Yep. Um, Delvin had fumbled out the inside the five earlier in the day, which sucked on kind of a weird handoff. But um, yeah, I would. I would say uh, I like the strategy of pounding that ball into the end zone, yeah. uh, not worrying about kicking a field goal. Eventually, they do, and Dan Bailey. Hits the short game winning field. Yep. Vikings come out on top 27-24. On the day, Kirk Cousins threw for 305, three touchdowns and a pick. God damn, if Kirk Cousins gets this team into the playoffs, he at least deserves a vote for MVP. This is fucking bananas, dude. Um, I owe Cousins an apology. And, like, guys, I am not the best person uh, to... You know, I, I could never be like a national NFL guy because I'm way too emotional when it comes to the Vikings. And so when they are struggling, I'm too, I'm fire Zimmer, get rid of Cousins, burn it down. And when they're winning, I'm like too <laughs> into them. So I, just take it with a grain of salt. But but Cousins has been fantastic. Um, he has really put the team on his back. For some reason, the national media uh, can't stand him and always rips him while they praise guys like Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan right. and like these average quarterbacks who have losing teams. Um, but Cousins has been really good and he does deserve some praise and he does deserve the credit um, for getting the team where they are right now. And the fact of the matter is he has two top five receivers in football, in right. Thielen and Jefferson. And you got to be doing something right if you're absolutely scorching people from the skies. Um, Delvin Cook ends up with 120 yards on 32 carries. Jefferson with nine catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown, hopefully solidifying him as the rookie of the year. Herbert, who he's really contending with at this point, pitches a shutout, so he does not score. Um, they end up getting whooped by New England, 35 nothing. Come on, Jefferson's got to be rookie of the year at this point. I think that Herbert is probably still the favorite to win it, which I wouldn't give it to him because I think Jefferson is deserving. But I think that what's happened here is that teams have realized that Herbert it has destroyed people when they blitz him mm-hmm. and that he's really struggled with a clean pocket. 
And so when he actually has time to sit and get through his reads, he's really struggled. When he's just been able to play playground football and use his absolute cannon of an arm, right. he's been unbelievable. So I think what's happening is teams aren't blitzing him, and now they're really struggling, and he's yep. starting to struggle. So I think um, Jefferson, I think, would probably be my bet for who will end up winning rookie of the year. Um, let's move into second down. And some All news. right, let's move it on. All right, so second down, some news. Uh, sadly, Eric Kendricks is out again, back-to-back weeks. And in a game that's a must-win game against a playoff team, Tampa Bay, this is a big game we would have really needed him for. This this hurts to not Yeah, this happen. fucking sucks. Um, also, Madison is out again. He had some kind of ap- ap- appendectomy. Yep, there you um, go. And so he's out as well. Um, so that sucks. You know, it just means more carries, I guess, for Dalvin, which I'm not sure is a great thing. Um, Kyle Rudolph is doubtful with a, is it a back injury? Uh, no, that's Irv. I don't know. Rudolph has some kind of injury. And then Irv Smith is questionable. It sounds like Irv will play, um, making it so we do have enough tight ends to compete in the game. Uh, any other news that I'm missing? No. Um, the Holton Hill story, probably. You can touch on that Ooh, a little Holton bit. Holton Hill gone. He's cut with an injury designation. <laughs> Holton so. Hill is just cut. Let's just be honest. He's gone. He's out. They're, they're done with him. Um, which is a shame because I know he's an undrafted free agent, but he was promising. Yeah. Um, but it just it didn't work out. And I think that also shows that they're pretty happy with the guys they drafted. Yep. Um, Dantzler and Gladney have been really, really freaking good. Dude, this year has been so much fun due to the fact that we just have so many fucking guys stepping up. Dude, I had... Guys, honest to God, I didn't even know fucking Brailford existed on this Vikings team, and the dude posts one of the highest defensive end grades of the fucking week. Yeah, 98 grade. Yeah, the dude he was, was like, he was like perfect on PFF. Um, yeah. Jordan Brailford? I've never like, heard of him. Who the fuck is this? There's been so many big name guys, or little known guys that have stepped up this season and filled big fucking roles, and it's fun to watch these guys develop and grow. So that when we do get the guys like Daniil Hunter back and stuff like that, I think this team's going to be fun. We're 6-6 six and six in the playoffs right now with a fucking Juco JVS defense. I think that what you're going to notice about this is like if you look back a few years, um, there's the really famous Saints draft class uh, that has um, uh, Ramscheck, the right tackle. Yep. It has um, the, the who's their big cornerback. Um can't oh, come on. Lattimore? Lattimore. It has the safety who, who blew it against us, Williams. Yep. It has Alvin Kamara. It has, like, numerous other guys, right? Like, they just nailed this draft with, yep. with like, Pro Bowl players. I'm not saying this is going to be quite as good as that, but if you look at what we've done so far, Jefferson as your first pick is yep. looks like an absolute superstar. Uh, Gladney with your second first-round pick looks like at least a solid pro. Um Ezra Cleveland has been good in moving to guard for us. He's our second-round pick. Third-round pick, Dantzler, looks like a star. Um, in the last couple weeks, he's like one of the top five cornerbacks in football, uh, which is awesome. And then you have DJ Wanham in the fourth round, who's been really good for us. I mean, like, these guys are contributing and, like, are good players yes. already, which is yep. super exciting. So um, I'm really pumped about the draft class. I'm really excited about the young guys playing more. So few questions for you. First one, we already touched on it a little bit. Jefferson versus Herbert for Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Um, what does Jefferson have to do the rest of the way to win this thing? Right. I mean, I'm just so sick and tired of these awards just going to, are you a quarterback, yes or no? Let's just start the conversation there. If yes, you're going to have a 10 times better shot of winning an award. 
I mean, Je Justin Jefferson, over 1,000 yards now, um, has about, I'll say, seven touchdowns. I don't have that fucking number off the top of my head. 60, 67 catches on the year. Um, yeah, I mean, if this guy can find his way into that 90 to 100 range on catches on the season and get to 14, 1,500 yards receiving, I don't know how you shut this guy out. Jefferson, 61 catches, uh, 1,039 yards, which puts him fourth in the NFL um, behind Metcalf, Kelsey, and Hill. Third yep. in receivers. He has seven touchdowns. Um, he's he's been an absolute force. He's yeah, ahead he's of the fucking. He's guy. ahead of Stephon Diggs. He's two yards ahead of Diggs on um, thirty six fewer targets, which is and a on ridiculous. a fraction of that salary. Yeah, um, I think Herbert is gonna crumble here at the end, and I think that's gonna be part of his downfall. Um, when you look at it, I know he didn't start all the games or anything, um, but Herbert's the eleventh quarterback. He has 23 touchdowns to nine interceptions. So, I mean, he's a deserving guy yeah. as well. So, um, other question for you. Uh, MVP, everyone's kind of got it down to Mahomes and Rodgers. Who do you think is going to win this award and who should win it? I'm going to give it to Rodgers. You think Rodgers yeah. should get it? Mm -hmm. Why? Dude, the dude is playing out of his fucking mind right now. I think the Packers have more holes than the Chiefs have. Um, it just, it's, it's. It's getting to the point of Rodgers' career where I don't fucking hate Rodgers. I respect Rodgers as a player. It doesn't fucking matter if it's Robert Tunyon or Joe Schmo, no name. He's going to fucking make plays. Everyone thought Rodgers was on the big downturn, and he's literally giving the middle finger to everyone this season and just playing his fucking ass off. The dude's playing lights out football right now. So, a couple things. Mahomes has about 500 more yards. Rodgers has 36 touchdowns to Mahomes, 31. Rodgers has four picks. Mahomes has two. Um, QBR, uh, which is a quarterback ranking system out of 100, no one's even close to them. Mahomes at 85.7, Rodgers at 84.5. Quarterback rating, which is the old traditional way of doing it, Rodgers 118.5, Mahomes 113.8. This thing is up, up for <laughs> grabs at this point. Um, yeah, can't wait. To see what happens there, uh, Mahomes is on pace for like forty and three, and Rodgers is on pace for like forty-five and six or yeah, something like stupid that. Stupid numbers, like just crazy numbers from these guys. So, um, all right, we're gonna move into our next segment, third down, which is, uh, what do we call this? Pigskin pick'em, basically. Pigskin pick'em. <laughs> Pigskin pick'em, guys. If you if you've been following along this whole time, guys, I know we had the little COVID break there, but hey. Our our uh, our record on this is probably about ninety to ninety five percent. I just made that up, but yeah, still hot. All right, last night we started with the Thursday night game. It was the Rams defeating the Patriots twenty four to three in a snoozer. Um, good bounce back game for the Rams. Bad loss for the Patriots. We weren't we weren't here on the show, but we both picked the Rams to kill That's the right. Patriots. I think we both picked them twenty four to three, something like that. All right, moving on, guys. It's our first noon matchup of the day. It's the 4-8 Houston Texans traveling to the 5-7 Chicago Bears. Houston favored on the road in this one by a point and a half. Fuck it. I'm taking Houston. I feel like the Bears win in my heart. I want to project to you guys that Houston takes the victory. No, this one's this is, this is my favorite kind of game. This is the kind of game that kills the soul of Bears fans who could have drafted 
Mahomes <laughs> or Watson. That's right. But instead drafted... Uh, Traded away their, their next 10 years of success draft pick-wise for, for, for Mitch Trubisky. And Trubisky's awful. Mahomes and Watson are like two of the three best quarterbacks right now, maybe. Yep. Um, I think Watson gets them, and I will take All right, Houston. I like that. All right, moving on. We have the 3-9 and nine Dallas Cowboys traveling to the 2-9-1 and one Cincinnati Bengals. Dallas favored by three and a half points on the road. I also take Dallas still in that NFC East playoff race. I'll take the Cowboys on the road in Cincinnati. Dallas is alive. The Bengals are like frisky enough, but like they're not, this is not their year. They are going to get um, uh, Sinai, is that his name? The the big O tackle in the draft. They're going to get the first non-quarterback in the draft. Um, I like the Cowboys to win here. Moving on, this is a fun matchup. It's the 11-1 Kansas City Chiefs traveling to the 8-4 Miami Dolphins. Dolphins slowing down a little bit as of late, but still continue to win. Kansas City favored in Miami by 7.5. I'll take Kansas City to win, but they cannot cover. Dolphins do cover that spread. I think this is a kind of game where like the, the Chiefs are ahead the whole time, but the Dolphins are hanging around. The Chiefs pull away late. I like the Chiefs with the points, too. Damn. All right, here we go, Vikings fans. Big game to keep our eye on. It's the 6-6 six and six Arizona Cardinals traveling to a pesky 5-7 and seven New York Giants team. Arizona favored by three points. I thought last week that uh, Fuller had a, a or sorry, Mo, uh, sorry, Murray had a nice comeback week. I don't know why I said fucking Fuller. Murray had a nice comeback week. Um, Giants, it looks like Daniel Jones still questionable with that hamstring. I'll take Arizona on the road, but hoping for a loss in this one. I'm going with my upset pick, the Giants at home. They're three-point dogs. Need this uh, one. The Giants win this. I think the Giants are, like, kind of good. Give us some breathing room. Uh, I think Joe Judge is, like, a good coach. Yeah, he's like, a good coach. I think that that defense is an absolute machine, and I like the Giants to win this game. Next, we're moving to the Carolina Panthers game. It's the 4-8 Denver Broncos traveling to the 4-8 Carolina Panthers. Panthers favored at home. By three points, I'll take the Panthers to win and to cover. Uh, I hate this game. I don't know if there's a game that could be more boring than this game. Um, I'm going to go with Teddy. <laughs> I don't even know why. Sure. Like, what a stupid, boring game. But, but I would rather not watch sports than watch that. All right, moving on. It's the 8-4 and four Tennessee Titans coming off a little bit of a butt-whooping Traveling to those pesky 1-11 Jacksonville Jaguars. Tennessee favored on the road by 7.5. A must-win game for Tennessee. I'll take Tennessee on the road, traveling to a division rival. I like Tennessee by, like, 14. Tennessee whoops them. This is a big-time game for them. Jacksonville's playing for nothing. They're literally just trying to hang in the race for the number one pick. I like Tennessee. Traveling to our first 305 game on Sunday, it's the 8-4 Indianapolis Colts. Traveling to the 7-5 Oakland Raiders coming off their desperate, almost Hail Mary-esque pass to get past the winless Jets last week. Um, Raiders again find themselves in a must-win situation this week. Indy favored at, at on the road by three points. I'm going to take the, the Las Vegas Raiders here in my upset pick of the week over the Colts. Hate both these teams. These are two teams that I do not believe in. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Colts. The Raiders are done and dusted. They got killed by the Falcons two weeks ago. They should have lost to the Jets, but the Jets intentionally lost last week. Uh, the Colts may put the final nail in their coffin this week. 
Next up at 3.05, it's the 0-12 New York Jets traveling to the 8-4 Seattle Seahawks. Seattle stumbling through their schedule a little bit here. Seahawks favored at home by 13.5. I'll take the Seahawks to get back on track and cover 13.5 points. 13.5 is too rich for my blood, especially for a team that got dominated by the Giants. Jets lose this easily by about 13 points, but they cover somehow. We're traveling to our 325 matchup on Fox. I believe this might be Fox's noon game of the week, or 325 game of the week. It's the 9-3 Green Bay Packers traveling to the 5-7 Detroit Lions. Uh, Packers favored on the road by 9. Now, would you rather have the Packers lose this game, the Lions potentially get to 6 wins? Absolutely. Or would you rather just have the Packers win and knock the Lions to five and eight? I would much rather have the Packers lose. Um, the The Lions are atrocious. They will lose this game badly. I like the Packers big. I like the Packers to win, but it's going to be a sketchy late comeback thing, like it always is in Detroit. I think, they, I think that the Packers win this game by like twenty one points, and everyone's like, "Are the Packers the best team in football?" Is what's going to happen next week. Traveling at 325 still, it's the 10-2 New Orleans Saints traveling to the 3-8-1 Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia starting Jalen Hurts this week in his first start, benching Carson Wentz. New Orleans favored on the road in this one by 7 points. Do we still not have Breeze? We still don't have Breeze. 7 points is a big spread with Taysom Hill at quarterback. He's done a fine job, it's just... it's so frustrating to see him succeed in this because you want him to fail. I like the Eagles to cover but lose in a really close game. All right. I think that the the I'm going to say Saints win by three. All right, moving on. You didn't, get, you didn't pick it. Oh, I t- I'm going to take the Saints to win, but they will not cover. Okay. Um, next up, it's the four and eight Atlanta Falcons traveling to the three and nine Los Angeles Chargers. Falcons favored on the road by three points. Who fucking cares? I would have take. I will take the Falcons by any line because this Chargers team is done. Sure, I'll take the Falcons too. Don't by any care. line. There's no line. I would pick them by 15. This team is dead. They're done. They quit on their coach. They've quit on the season. It is over for the Chargers. Falcons win this thing easy. All right, here we go. A fun 3:25 matchup with some playoff implications, possibly for the Vikings. It's the 5-7 Washington football team traveling to the 5-7 San Francisco 49ers. 49ers favored at home by three points. Washington coming over that big win last week against Pittsburgh. I'm rooting for, for Washington. I feel like San Francisco gets it done at home. Um, both teams need this badly. Uh, no Gibson sucks for Washington. But um, I like Alex Smith against his old team to come in there and get a big win. Alex Smith is just doing the most professional job of game management I've ever seen. I love it. What a great story. Um, I have no faith in Mullins. That's my big thing. Uh, And I think that that Washington's defense is pretty damn good. I like Washington in an ugly but competitive game. Moving on to our Sunday night football game. It's a good one this week. It's the 11-1 Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to the 9-3 Buffalo Bills. Buffalo favored at home by three points. I'm slapping my knee right now for the Buffalo Bills at home on Sunday Night Football. I think that this is a game uh, to decide who is going to go to the AFC Championship 
game to be sacrificed at the altar of Andy Reid, and that is the Buffalo Bills. No one circles the wagons like, like the, the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Bills. Uh, yeah, they are going to win this game. The Steelers are good. I Steelers... fucking hate watching the Steelers play on TV because all their games are the fucking same and they're so fucking boring to watch. I, I respect the Steelers because I think Tomlin is just like the most underrated coach ever. If Tomlin was a white guy, um, he would be considered one of the great coaches, but because he's a black guy, everyone's like, he's a really good black coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just BS. It's racist. It sucks. He's amazing. He always has that team ready. They're always competitive. Big Ben has limitations at this point. Their running game sucks. It's going to harm them come playoff time. I really like Buffalo. I think Buffalo is freaking good. All right. We got another fucking good Monday night game this week. It's the 7-5 and five Baltimore Ravens traveling to the 9-3 and three Cleveland Browns Baltimore favored on the road, by two points. This is my stick of fork and I'm pick of the week. Browns get it done at home. I'm riding the fucking Baker train. This Ravens team fucking sucks and I'm over them. I, this is where I, cl- classic me, would pick the, the Browns, which is the obvious choice here. But I also know that, like, in the NFL, great organizations and great teams have a way of getting it done when, you, when their backs are against the wall. And that's what this team is, this Ravens team. Ravens win this game... 24 to 21. All right, that leaves us with our final game of the week. It's a noon game. It's the 6 and 6 Minnesota Vikings traveling to the 7 and 5 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right now, ESPN giving the Bucks a 77% chance to win this game. Huh. Um, keys to the game for the Vikings. Let's get started on that. Okay, so I don't think this is a great matchup for the Vikings. I think in terms of like just Team talent. I think that the Vikings are pretty evenly matched talent-wise with this Bucks team. I don't think the Bucks are a lot better than the Vikings, if, if at all. But I think that where the Vikings are weak, um, uh, it's not helpful places to beat this Bucks team. So the way to beat this Bucks team is that you have to be able to pressure the quarterback without blitzing. Right? You have to have a four-man pass rush that can just be in Brady's face, and we literally have an awful pass rush. Um, so I really think that what you've seen the last few weeks is four-man rushes, getting all over Brady, giving him no time to throw the ball. Um, so that doesn't feel good to me. Um, we also are a team that wants to run the ball. They're great against the run. We are going to need to throw the ball a whole hell of a lot if we're going to win this game. I, I think I like the Vikings to cover, but they're not going to win this game, sadly. Um, they're going to lose this game like 27-21. to 21. Um, Bucks coming off their bye. <sighs> I gotta fucking do it. Guys, right now I'm taking that purple spray paint. I'm fucking <laughs> spraying it on my face. I'm hitting that shit at noon and just saying, What a lovely day! Vikings get it done in Tampa Bay. Put us to 7-6. Hopefully the Cardinals get a loss on top of that. I'm fucking high, man. It's 5-6. Five, five out of their past six games. We're riding the purple coattails into Tampa Bay. We should have been there this weekend, too. Should have been there. We would have. If COVID taking from us again. COVID. Vikings get it done in Tampa Bay. <sighs> Breathe it in with me. Huffing that paint. All right, guys. Um, we're moving on to fourth down here. And fourth down is going to be a topic near and dear to us that's going to make you guys cringe because it's going to be us um, bragging about how cool we are. <laughs> uh, but we are going to tell you guys how to have the perfect 
in-person Vikings game experience. Okay, so we have been season ticket holders with our father for about 15 years, maybe more. A long more, time. 20 years. Probably season tickets for 20 years. Yep. Uh, thank you, Scott. Uh, that's our dad. Uh, he has set us up to have season tickets, uh, club level, Viking sideline, 50-yard line, about as good of seats as you can have. Everyone's rolling their eyes right now. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so we're going to tell you guys how to have the best experience at a Vikings game, okay. starting with the whole process. Okay. okay. So games at noon. Okay. What time do you want to get into Minneapolis okay. at to have the best Vikings now, experience? Now, we're going to vary on this a little bit. It depends on the season. To If if, if it's nice outside and it's, and it's early in the season – I'm totally cool parking at Garage C. I've parked at Garage C for the past fucking 15 years. Garage C. It's a 20, it's a grind. It's a 20 to 30 minute trek probably. <laughs> and, and and we we like, okay, we'll get there. It's like six bucks, but. Yeah, it's super cheap. It's on the opposite side of You get to Garage C at about 11 a.m. I'm totally cool with that. So like, we're part of a club. I still don't feel the need to like get to a game at like 9.30 and start drinking like mimosas in the fucking club. I don't care about that shit. You've mastered the street parking. Yeah, uh, about ten thirty. Washington Street parking. Yeah, uh, you pull up on Washington. Uh, it's twenty five dollars at the meter for unlimited time, uh, and it's a little expensive. But you can park right by the stadium, and you can get out of there pretty quickly. Yeah. Garage C though is still the the nice cheap option, opposite side of the city. You got to walk the whole way through downtown to get to the stadium, but both are fine. Yeah. With me. Now I know some of you listeners are saying, "Hey, what about tailgating?" Though I thought you guys were big fans. Yeah. Nope. No, we hate tailgating. I fucking hate tailgating. I think it's a gimmick. I think it's the stupidest shit ever. If you enjoy it, I'm happy for you. Um, it's a fucking pain in the ass to park and do all this shit and small talk with a bunch of people that I don't fucking care about that are going to tell you, oh, I don't understand why Kirk doesn't just throw the ball deep and score touchdowns like that. Like, those boss days. I don't understand. Why don't they just throw the ball downfield? Like, I don't know. Cousins, he drops back. Yeah. He just does, every, yeah, it's those Yeah, people. miss me with that shit all day. I like to get into the stadium about 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to hop into the club, mm-hmm. get myself away from everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to always buy we, food there. We Buying food there is expensive, but it's just part of the fucking process. It's part of it. You know, we're big nacho guys at the game. Yep. Uh, another thing that we like to do is um, not bring our coats. Right. That's yeah, a big bringing thing. A, bringing a coat, if you can survive it, don't fucking do it. I mean, we'll park garage C. We'll walk the whole yeah. entire city, no coat, just so you don't have to have a coat at the game. Yep. Um, that's kind of a veteran move. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I went to a game, and it was like one of the coldest games, uh, and they they sent out emails, the team did, to people who had tickets, saying, use the skyways. It's dangerously cold out. It's so cold, it's dangerous out. So I went with with my dad to the game. We weren't we didn't have coats because we we're like, we'll go through the skyways. After the game, they forced us just yeah, to go outside. Yes, that fucking sucks. They forced us outside. We were like, we, you told us to use the skyways because it was dangerously cold. And the Vikings said, fuck you. We yeah. don't care. Yep, go, freeze. go freeze. Go um, freeze. All right, so you're at the game. Uh, what are some of your go-to foods at U.S. Bank Stadium? Ooh, I usually like the rotational booth mm-hmm. to kind of see what we're getting every week. Um I'm not really... The nachos are fucking dope as fuck. The, the nachos, nachos are delicious. Yeah, yeah. And I know you guys... It's not like stadium cup of cheese with the, the mm-hmm. fucking shitty yellow chips. Nah, nah, they're, I'm they're, talking some premium fucking they're nachos. Gra- they're right. grabbing the meat with yeah. with tongs. Yeah. I'm usually like one Coors guy or possibly just like a fucking like Mountain Dew or some basic bullshit like that. 
I have a hard time. I have a hard time paying like a hundred dollars to yeah, get myself like drunk at a game. Seventeen dollars for a Miller Lite. I'm like, mm, they're like I'd rather just like not. They're like, would you would you like this cup of Summit for right. twenty two bucks? I'm like, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. good. I'm good. So yeah, get in. Um, always be ready in your seat for the fucking skull chant. Um, I like to watch the teams warm up a little bit, go through that whole grind. Um, you know, we're, we tolerate some of the visiting fans as long as you're not fucking, like, in our face. A different podcast will have to tell about all our stories about fighting at games. Because yeah, we've yeah. been there, done that. We've, at this point, I just want everyone around me just to shut the fuck up and just... <laughs> we have those stupid camera whores that sit, like, four <laughs> rows ahead of us that, like, dress up in, like, wigs and shit and are just, like... Just there to, like, get on camera. I just don't... I don't fuck with that shit. Um, what would you say is the worst kind of fan? Because I would say people who do the wave. The people who do the wave, uh, there's a special place in hell for you. <laughs> people are like, oh, 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 look at, look at, it's coming back, it's coming back. Ready? Ready? Ah! Yeah. It's the wave And they just spend the one. whole game watching the wave. Yeah. Not, you're not a football fan. Number two, um, overly dressed fan would, like... Dressed to the fucking nines and, like, wigs and, like, you're a fucking idiot. Number three, overly drunk fan. Oh, overly drunk fan's a problem. Yeah, those are the three shit categories. Yeah, yeah. Or the guy that has to turn around and, like, everyone, get up, and they face you. (laughs) If you do it one time and it's a big moment, I'll probably fuck with you and get up. But if you're doing it constantly, I'm just like, alright, this is gonna be it. At some point, a comment is going to be said. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a problem. All right. Well, we're just trying to bring this up because we're so bummed out that we haven't been able to go to a game for the first time in a long time. I'm sure you guys are feeling the same way because we all have that Purple Pride. Uh, That's it, though. That's all the time we have this week on the Purple Pride podcast. Hopefully, the Vikings get their big win at Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't know if we've ever beat Tom Brady. No, we haven't. We've never beat Tom Brady ever. No better time than our last chat shot. Yep. I'm sh- what a lovely day! <laughs> Noon. Alright, guys. Thank you guys for listening to Ordy's podcast and get so like. Oh, oh. oh.